Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Yeah, I Said It. want to apologize for a bit of the technical issues that started the program. Um, this is the first time that I have used uh, our platform by myself, so I want to apologize for that. Hopefully, you guys see me and you are following the podcast and you can see everything that's going on. I'm going to take a look here. I think I am good to go because um, I see myself here. And I, I think that I am live and I am going. So hopefully I am indeed going live and I've started everything. And hopefully you see the podcast. If everything is fine and everything is successful, um, you know, give me a thumbs up. Let me know that you're listening to the show. I see Brad Jewett. So I'm going to assume that everything was set up and started properly. Um, Captain Underpants is already disagreeing with me. So I'm good to go. Thank you. And. I want to give a big shout out to the Oracle, the editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Dave Schofield. Thank you for helping me set everything up. I want to give a big shout out to Big Bro Sco and also my co-host on several shows, who's been Brian Anthony Davis. Make sure you check out the first show we did together as a tandem on The Standard is the Standard. Make sure you check out Tony Defio's show tomorrow. And also, again, a big shout out to Big Bro Sco. And big shout out to everybody that contributes on the website and all the outstanding writers. It is the one-stop shop for all your Pittsburgh Steelers content. Before I jump into the program, however, and again, the title of the program is, Yeah, I Said It, Big Ben is Not the Best Quarterback in the AFC North. I'm going to give you empirical reasons, and I'm going to give you non-empirical reasons. So it's numerical, so objective and subjective, numerical, non-numerical. I'm going to give you both perspectives as to why Big Ben is not the best quarterback in the AFC North. And I'm also going to break down what I think are the best quarterback rooms in the division. Now, Donald, of course, says I'm a hater at its finest. But before I jump into that, there's been some big NFL news Coaches are allowed to return to the facility. So I'm sure you guys have seen on multiple outlets, Mike Tomlin returned to the facility, I believe it was today, earlier today, if you're in the East Coast. And coaches are now, according to the NFL, are allowed to come back to the facility. So we see that the NFL is slowly but surely dipping its toe into returning things to normal. I think as we get a progression in COVID-19, as we learn more, I think the NFL is probably doing it the proper way. They are just slowly but surely stepping their toe back in, not making any commitments one way or another. Me as a podcast host and as a pundit, I get to make some assumptions as to whether there'll be fans in the stands. And I could be wrong. I'm on record, though. I don't think there's going to be fans in the stands. And if there are fans in the stands next year, I think it'll be towards the back half of the year, uh, probably at from week eight or game eight on or in the late in the fall when there is possibly a vaccine. Now, I know people have their issues with vaccinations and their effectiveness, but I think the NFL is going to be conservative in its approach in bringing fans back as to not try to manage the public health issue involved with having that many people into a building to watch a football game. But I think it's a positive step that coaches are back. And of course, we also talked about earlier in the week on the standard to standard 
with Brian Anthony Davis. We talked about how there's not going to be training camp in La Trobe at St. Vincent College. Training camp will be on site. So we're getting closer to it. There's definitely going to be football in the fall. The only question I think remaining is, will there be fans in the stands? I think the other big question that I wanted to briefly discuss before I jump into my question of the topic of the show of, yeah, I said it is Big Ben is not the best quarterback in the AFC North. I want to quickly talk about the fallout to Drew Brees' comments. I, I And let me just say this here. Based on the size of your platform, if you say something that is deemed largely uneducated, unaware, and largely off color or off base, the clapback that you're going to get is going to match the size of your platform. So the clapback will reflect the size of the person's platform. To give you an example, if I say something ignorant on this show, you guys are going to clap back on me, right? But right now in the live chat, we have less than 250 people. So my clapback will be 250. Somebody like Drew Brees with the platform that Drew Brees has, the clapback is going to be immense. And when LeBron James clapbacks, does a clapback on you, that will give free license for every athlete to clap back on Drew Brees. Drew Brees will be okay. He did what he should have done. He gave the Mia Copa. It's going to be interesting, the impact of his statement um, in their locker room. But the one thing I think it, it, it also illustrates is because you give your money to a cause, that does not mean you understand the cause. Money is just money. And it's great to give money and it's great to be philanthropic, but that doesn't mean you understand the complexities and the totality of the issues that you are giving the money to. So I just want to switch reels and, and jump away from that and jump into the topic of the program. And it's funny, I'm looking at Ezra's comment and that's kind of one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show is because Ezra said, Lamar is Vic 2.0. Right. And I, and this is why I wanted to do this. Um, uh, but let me before I jump into that, let me let me let me let me let me address Steelers 33's comment. He said, come on, man, there is a difference between being a racist and wanting to respect the flag and veterans. He is saying that it is not the platform for that type of thing. They aren't being disrespectful to the flag either. And that's the issue. And Drew Brees does not get to define what the platform is. And so that's why people clap back, did a clap back on Drew Brees because he was ignorant to what it meant and what the kneeling meant. And clearly the issue is huge if you've not been aware and have looked at what's been going on around the country. And I don't think there are players threatening Drew Brees, but there, there are consequences to your actions. I mean, that's what this is about. And if you're a big boy, you're a grown man, you stand on what you say, and there's there's consequences to what you say. So, you know, this is a sensitive issue, but clearly Drew Brees was not aware 
as to what the issue was. The kneel down by Kaepernick and others was to bring light and illuminate the issues of police brutality against people that look like me. So with that being said, let me switch reels. Let me jump into (coughs) my empirical breakdown and my comparison between Ben Roethlisberger and Lamar Jackson. And I want to give a big shout out to the Oracle Dave Schofield. We kind of worked on this yesterday and came up with several metrics that we're going to use to define and first establish what we think is Ben Roethlisberger's best season. The metrics are as follows. Quarterback rating, average yards gained, excuse me, adjusted yards per pass attempt, interception percentage, TD percentage and adjusted net yards per pass attempt. I think the description of those are pretty self-explanatory, but adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, yards per pass attempt is often used as a metric to, (coughs) excuse me, predict games and predict the impact of the quarterback play in games. So if if you have a quarterback with a high yards per attempt, more than likely you're going to win the football game because let's say if your yards per attempt is maybe about 15 or 15 is extremely high, but let's say it's close to 10. Whereas another teams it's low, like around three and a half, say four or five, you're dinking and dunking in comparison to a team that's making big impacts in the passing game. So that, so that's, so that's the difference there. Um, In terms of quarterback rating, we all know what quarterback rating is, Right. We all know what quarterback ratings are. And so let me jump into Donald Nolan's point. Selective stats to improve your argument sounds like professional sports analyst. Well, that's what I am. I'm a professional sports analyst. I hope that's why you guys tune into the program. And it's not selective. We are, and me and Dave picked what we thought were the most, um, the best set of stats to measure performance. And most people think rating is important. Yards gained per attempt, and it's adjusted interception percentage, the percentage of times you were intercepted when attempting a pass. We all agree about the impact of turnovers and how turnovers impact the game. Uh, Me and Jeff, when we were doing shows together, we talked ad nauseum about the impact of Ben Roethlisberger turning over the football in the red zone a couple of years ago in a 2018 season about how much that impacted the Steelers season and wins and losses. So the other stat is TD percentage. That's the percentage of TDs thrown when attempting to pass. So what do you want? I mean, if you attempt, you want a high number of percentage of passes to lead into touchdowns. We know the importance of scoring and we know the importance of touchdowns and the impact of scoring on games. So that's an important stat. And last but not least, the adjusted net yards per pass attempt. So we felt that these five things were the most important stats. Now, I was going to just take rating or QBR, but Dave convinced me to add more metrics to try to give a more well-rounded statistical perspective of a quarterback in a season. Now, with all of those metrics, rating, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, interception percentage, TD percentage, and adjusted net yards per pass attempt. 
So those five different things, Dave and I came up and we concluded that Ben Roethlisberger's best season was 2014. And the reason we came to the conclusion that Ben Roethlisberger's best season was 2014 because in rating, adjusted yards, game per pass attempt, interception percentage, TD percentage, and adjusted net yards per pass attempt, the 2014 season showed up in four of those five stats. The only stat where the 2014 season did not show up was TD percentage. So because that stat showed up in all five of those, we deemed that to be Ben Roethlisberger's best statistical season. And this is where the empirical comparison comes into play between Big Ben and Lamar Jackson is I wanted to take what I thought or what Dave and I thought was Ben Roethlisberger's best season and compare it to Lamar Jackson's MVP season. Now, I'm going to add one more metric to this when doing the comparison, just to illustrate just how good a season Lamar Jackson had and, and why it is overwhelmingly the case why Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the division. It's not even close at this point. Now, in terms of TD passes, in that year, Ben Roethlisberger in 2014 threw 32 touchdown passes to Lamar Jackson's 36. So Lamar Jackson had an edge in touchdown passes. Now, when you look at the difference between attempts between Big Ben in 2014 and Lamar Jackson in 2019, that's where you see the big discrepancy in TD percentage. Ben Roethlisberger, in what we've deemed his best year, threw the ball 608 times to Lamar Jackson's 401. He threw it 207 more times and produced four fewer touchdown passes. So the TD percentage between Big Ben and Lamar Jackson and Lamar's MVP season and what we're considering Big Ben's best season is 5.3 to 9. Now, in terms of interceptions and interception percentage, in that year of Big Ben's best year, 2014, he threw nine interceptions, which is incredible given the attempts. So his interception percentage was 1.5. Lamar threw six interceptions. His interception percentage was 1.5. So they're even there. You can surmise that if Lamar threw the ball another 200 times, his interceptions would go up, but they're both at 1.5. Now, when you look at adjusted gained net, excuse me, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, Lamar Jackson has the advantage, 8.9 to 8.5. You look at quarterback rating, Lamar Jackson's quarterback rating last year was 113. Ben Roethlisberger in 2014, it was 103.3. And let me scroll down here and take a look at a couple more numbers here. And I think the last number that I want to point out is, and that's adjusted net yards per pass attempt. Lamar was 8.19 to Ben Roethlisberger's 7.82. So when you look across the five metrics, rating, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, Interception percentage, 
TD percentage and adjusted net yards per pass attempt only in terms of interception percentage are they tied. Lamar Jackson is better in all of those statistics. And this is better than what we consider Ben Roethlisberger's best season of his career. And so I say all this to say Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the AFC North. Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback clearly in the division. Now, I asked my brother, and this is going to be in the non-empirical stuff. I'll throw that in there because I asked my brother a question. And I'll ask you guys the question in the live chat. And, of course, the N is small for Lamar. But we're not comparing careers. We're comparing the now. We're comparing 2020 because what you did seven years ago has no bearing, especially when you talk about injury. But I'm going to pose this question in the live chat. What quarterback currently starting in the National Football League would you take over Lamar Jackson? Let me give you a couple more stats when it comes to Lamar Jackson over his first 16 career starts. He has more wins than Patrick Mahomes, 13 to 12. He's had more rushing yards than LaDainian Tomlinson, 1,258 to 1,236. His passer rating of 94.4 is higher than Tom Brady's. 90.1 his yards per attempt of 7.6 is better than Aaron Rodgers and his completion percentage of 63% is better than Drew Brees's 61%. What I'm trying to say and I and I hope it's very clear is Lamar Jackson is a hell of a football player. And the one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to hate on a dude because a dude is a good player. I'm not going to do that. He's an unbelievable, unreal player. Let me give you a couple more stats, and this will this will kind of conclude my empirical analysis and my look at it. Most passing TDs from the pocket in 2019, Lamar Jackson, 25, Drew Brees, 24, Jameis Winston, 23, Dak Prescott, 22. So that also tells you right there, he is making plays from the pocket. Now, from the non-empirical side, I asked the question, what quarterbacks would you take over Lamar Jackson? So Donald Nolan asked, so the running game had no impact on Lamar's game or stats. The running game has an impact on every quarterback stats. I don't know what that says. That that's that's a that's a point that makes no point. So what? Now, I mean that makes that makes no point, right? So I don't know what the point is. I don't know why Steeler fans bristle so much when you say that a player is better than another Steeler player. And if you're looking at non-empirical evidence, I asked you guys to question what quarterbacks would you take over Lamar Jackson? And right now, I asked that question to my brother. I only came up with two quarterbacks currently that I would take over Lamar Jackson, maybe three. That's Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and Aaron Rodgers. 
My brother went back and forth, like Brad Jewett said, with Deshaun Watson. But Lamar's devastating. So I didn't go. But my brother added Carson Wentz. And that's why I put these stats here, because I wanted to do the empirical analysis because of Sergeant V's comic, total run dependent QB. When you have close to four or five, I believe, perfect passer rating games, you're not totally dependent on the run. And the other non-empirical thing in terms of how many quarterbacks would you start over uh, Lamar Jackson the ironic thing is in the live chat, none of you guys said Big Ben. It makes no sense for you to think you would start Big Ben over the MVP from a guy that's coming off of an injury and hasn't played in a year. That's not empirical. That's just common sense. And also right now, none of you guys said Big Ben in the live chat. Lamar Jackson is the reigning MVP. He's younger than Joe Barrow. So the sky is the limit with Lamar Jackson. Did you guys see the growth between year one and year two? So right now, it is clear as day. The best quarterback in the AFC North is Lamar Jackson, and it is not close. Because we do not know as a fan base what Big Ben is and what he will be going back next year. So that uncertainty alone clearly gives the edge to the reigning MVP, Lamar Jackson. Clearly. There's, there's no question. I mean, Lamar did some stuff last year that I've never seen. And I'm older than most of you guys. It was like watching Randall Cunningham on steroids. The kid can play. The Steelers gave him a well of a time in their matchup in Heinz Field, but the kid can play. The young man can play football. He is the best player in the AFC North by far. He is by far the best quarterback in the AFC North. Now, I want to shift that in terms of quarterback rooms. And, and, and I think I'm going to piss you guys off any, even more when it comes to quarterback rooms. And what I think is the best, the team that's set up best in terms of their quarterback room and their depth. <laughs> so let me jump into uh let, let me jump into Nolan's. Lance is so wrong, but he just keeps repeating it. So we're at an impasse. Lamar was Vic at best, but we know how Vic ended up. But it doesn't matter where Vic ends up. It's about next year. It's about next year. I mean, you got look, I'm not a homer. But I come from Pittsburgh, so I actually am a homer. But I'm a realist. Look, and I don't feel it's a knock to Ben for guys to say that somebody else is better. And thank you, Brad, for hopping onto the program. Um, but like Mark Tobin said, it's fair and it's true. Lamar Jackson's better. You know, he's better right now. But let me get into the quarterback rooms. And I think I may cause some controversy as well when I look at the quarterback rooms. The best quarterback room clearly is the Ravens with Lamar Jackson and RG3. When you look at the backups in the division, the only other backup I think that's better than RG3 would be Case Keenum. Who's bad? Got to give a shout out to Brian Anthony Davis. <coughs> Excuse me. And give a shout out to him and his boy Case Keenum. When you look at the Steelers' backup, I think RG3 and Case Keenum are better than Mason Rudolph. 
and Duck Hodges. I mean, when you add up Mason and Duck, I mean, come on, man. Um, so I think RG3 and Case Keaton are better than Mason and Duck. When you look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati's quarterback room is just terrible. Burrow, Ryan Finley. I mean, it's the Bungles. Excuse me. I will not call them that other name. It's the Bungles. So that that so who's the best quarterback room? Clearly the Ravens. Number two, in my opinion, is the Cleveland Browns. And I know you guys are going to go apoplectic because I'm saying that Cleveland has the second best quarterback room. And that's largely because of the uncertainty around Ben Roethlisberger's injury. If Ben Roethlisberger had played last year and were coming back healthy this year, I would clearly put the Steelers at number two in terms of the quarterback room. But Mayfield and Keenum are right now better than Ben, Mason, and Duck because Mason and Duck aren't really good players. And I know that Mayfield... The difference between Mayfield and Ben isn't big enough to where if you had to come back and play Rudolph and Duck and you had to replace Keenum, I have more confidence that Keenum is going to play more consistent football than both Mason and Duck. If Ben were healthy, clearly the Steelers would have the second-best quarterback room. But with Ben not being healthy, I have to put them at three. And, of course, the Bungles are four. The Bungles are just bad. The Bungles are bad. They're going to get bad quarterback play the whole year. And I think the Bungles are going to be really bad this season because of quarterback play, because of issues with COVID and trying to get rookies prepared and so on and so forth. I think it's going to be, I think the Bungles are just going to be terrible. And in fact, if there's no fans in the stands and there's no home field advantage for bad teams, I think bad teams are going to get molly next year. And so if you're a bad team, um, you know, you're going to get Molly Wop. So let me jump back into a comment from Donald. I love Donald. Thanks for chiming in. Donald says, all Lance's stats for Lamar are going off of last year, where he didn't take teams past the first year round in the playoffs. Regardless of his MVP, he didn't finish the job. Ben has twice now. Where's your stats for that? Uh, well, that was 10 years ago, about 11 years ago. So Ben hasn't finished the job for 11 years. And what you did 11 years doesn't make, doesn't mean a hill of beans of what you're going to do next year. I'm going to take the data point that's more close to the year this year, last year. Right? Like, it doesn't make any, like, I mean, I know you guys are emotional about your favorites. I get it. I understand so on and so forth, but the guy is coming back off of a bad season. And yes, Ryan Cobrian, neither does last year, but guess what? It's more predictive based on last year than what you did 10 years ago. Riddle me that. I mean, riddle me that. So deal with it. Jumped in and said, Lance. But you're using analogies, assuming Ben's hurt or coming back unknown. Yet, what was your very own prediction for our season? My prediction for our season is based on a prediction that he will come back healthy. So, to your point, deal with it. If Ben comes back healthy, Lamar is still better than Ben. There you have it. He he he's he's still better than Ben. Lamar's a better player than Ben Roethlisberger, even with Ben Roethlisberger healthy. That was the point of comparing Lamar's season to Big Ben's best season 
of which me and the Oracle Dave Schofield thought was the best season, again, based on rating, adjusted yards gained per pass attempt, interception percentage, TD perception, and adjusted net yards per pass attempt. That Ben's best season still to statistically did not match up to Lamar's MVP season. I mean, point blank. It's okay to not be the best guy. And I'm sure you guys will throw it in my face if Lamar doesn't play better than Big Ben. And as a fan of the Steelers, I hope Lamar doesn't play better than Big Ben because if he does, that may mean that the Steelers will struggle and have a hard time making the Super Bowl. Um, you know, so I, I clearly... I don't think there's an argument. I don't think there's a question. I think if you would go across every fish rap sports site everywhere, Lamar Jackson is the best quarterback in the AFC North. The only quarterback really in my mind that I would take over Lamar Jackson because of Lamar's age is Patrick Mahomes. Other than that, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine. And, 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 and I think, because it's Lamar, and I think because he runs and what it looks like, and because he's a Raven, I think Steeler fans have a hard time saying, yeah, you're right, but I am right. I am right. Lamar's better. And Lamar's better in early Big Ben. 2000 Lamar is better than almost every Ben Roethlisberger year. That's what I am trying to tell you guys. And I'm urging you guys to take a look at Lamar Jackson's last year. It's better. It, it, it's just better. And let me jump into Gina Chichio's statement. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Lamar is definitely better right now, but I still think the Steelers as a whole could beat the Ravens this year with Ben. That's all I'm saying. Thank you for saying that. And it, and it took, it took a beautiful young lady to be the voice of reason in the live chat. Thank you, Gina. That's all I'm saying. Because when you speak out against Big Ben, it's like speaking out against, you know, apple pie, Coke, apple pie, and the American flag. Like, I mean, it's just Ben Roethlisberger. Ben will come back. Ben will be good. He'll probably be better than Baker Mayfield. And Ben will give the Steelers a well of a chance to win games with that defense. However, Lamar Jackson's the best quarterback in the AFC North. It's not Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, when you win an MVP in the National Football League, you're the best, you're the best quarterback in the division. Like there's I don't know why it's even controversial. I think it's just controversial because it's Ben. So, like X Winslow said, 2014 Ben was very good. Not as good as 2019, Lamar Jackson. And, and, and I may make this spreadsheet, I may share it with you guys so you guys can see the numbers. And if you still have an issue with it, um, you guys can argue me down on the Sunday program. I'm going to put it in the live chat. You'll see it now as I post it in the live chat. I want you guys to go click the stats in the live chat and see the comparison. Lamar Jackson's year last year was awesome. He may never play that well again. You guys can be absolutely right. Schemes could catch up. But he's a fantastic athlete. And he's a fantastic player, and the Ravens are a very good team, and the Steelers are going to have to be on their P's and Q's next year if they want to compete for a Super Bowl. But with their defense, Ben Roethlisberger coming back, presuming he's healthy and he's okay, I would adjust the quarterback room to number two behind Lamar Jackson and RG3. 
And, you know, Lamar just had a well of a year. That does not mean that Ben Roethlisberger is not a good player. But like Gina said, Lamar is definitely better right now. As of June 5th, when I am doing this podcast, Lamar Jackson is better. But again, I want to thank you guys for chiming into the program. And I want to make sure that you guys are still staying safe. Let's make sure that the nation takes care of the nation. Let's also, if you protesting out there, if you feel so inclined, let's do it peacefully. Make your voice be heard. If you do not choose to do that, do not. Uh, but let's make sure everybody stays safe. Let's make sure that the nation takes care of the nation. And with that, we are going to conclude the program. Remember to like the show. Remember to like the show. That's great for us in terms of our numbers. That gets them up and boosts us up so we can continue to give this podcast to you and we can give you free giveaways and content and stuff like that. So continue to like the program. But I'm going to get on out of here. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe.